Hello, crazy flock out there. Welcome to Crazy Poultry Inc. podcast. I'm your host, Ian Gaio Loco. And with me for another episode of Free Range is Mr. Damon the Gobbler Anderson. Thank you, Damon, for joining once again in this free range social distancing, social distancing experiment. <laughs> uh, of course, of course. Uh, not too bad. This is a very special episode also because for everybody that's not here with us, this is the latest edition of recording I'm ever doing. It is almost closer to 11 than I have ever done this. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, I have a rain drink here. Do you have a beverage too, Damon? Uh, I actually do. Is it, is it an energy fuel or is it just water? Uh, no, it is a large glass of whiskey. Oh, well, this, this could be even extra fun. Uh, so, yeah. So, again, with all this stuff going on, uh, we've had to look for different things that we could talk about. You also could hear a special interview and reviews I did with my premiering mom episode. That was the previous one before this, so go check that one out. Uh, but today, Damon and I are going to be discussing a certain topic of... What are the most rewatchable movies? And this is stuff that you know we have watched throughout our childhood most of the times. And if it's more recent, probably like it has to reach into like the ten or so times. I would say you would agree with that. Um, yeah, give or take. I mean, there's some movies that I've watched, you know, maybe closer to five or six, but it's still something that I feel like I could turn on any time and. Yeah, be you know something that I could just turn on and just watch and just just let it go, and I yeah let it go. I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I I just didn't also want to just because that they're newer movies. It's, it's like they're fresh in our minds. So I was like, exactly. Yeah, you, you watched that last week, but just because you've watched it three times, I don't think it really counts. So I would say if it's one that yeah I've exactly multiple times. So, yeah, Uh, but we're actually going to just let Damon, you know, start us off with what is going to be your first one you're going to talk about a little bit and maybe I can chime in. I'll tell you what, I'm going to go really strong on my first one and I'm going to start off with one of my favorite movies of all time, if not top three, and that is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. One I purposely did not write down because I knew you'd probably say (laughs) Uh, go go on. Well, like describe your first uh, how you were about it and how it's meant for you. Well, when I originally seen it, I was a child. I was really little, and the the thing with that is like you sometimes watch movies as a kid, and you can go back and you, sure you get the nostalgia, but you can be like, ah, this is a pretty bad movie. This is pretty bad. And Wonka though is one of those things that I, I've never been able to do. I, I can rewatch it and rewatch it, and every time I still am in love with it, and I still think it holds up as a, a pretty solid movie. There's a few mm-hmm. parts in it that you know a little you know didn't change necessarily with the times, but as far as that goes, I mean it, it still holds up as a weird, just fun experience of a movie, mm-hmm. and that's that's the one thing. And I mean, I just Gene Wilder is just one of probably my favorite actors. R- of all time. Rest in peace. Yes. And 
he just kills it as Willy Wonka. I mean, in the book I had to, before I saw the movie, I had to read the book in school. So mm-hmm. it, it just was like everything together. And it was, yeah. So it was a good experience for sure. Yeah. I for sure also grew up watching this. Uh, I I love the character of Willy Wonka. I love him now even more as an adult because now I just relate to him more <laughs> of like, just seeing these stupid kids and doing this stupid shit. <laughs> well, it, it, it's a very weird look at society, I feel like. I mean, it, yeah. it, it's told from a kind of a funny, you know, silly standpoint. But, I mean, it's based on, you know, like it, it's there's deeper meanings within the film. Yeah. And it definitely shows, like, just the look of, like, the greediness, like how... As a society, there's so many people that are greedy. I want this. I want that. You know, with Ruka, for example, Ruka yeah. was, I want this and I want it now. You know, like it's just like the spoiled kids that, like, you know, yeah. grew up and create like the, the people that grow up to be, you know, successful, uh, you know, freaking business people. Like, that's the thing. So mm-hmm. it, it makes sense. <laughs> it really does. And even though Charlie is you know, easily like the most likable kid in it. The thing that I like the most about him though, is that he still is more of a real kid. He still will think for himself. He'll be selfish. He'll lie. He'll do all the stuff that any normal kid would do. Unlike the Charlie in the chocolate factory remake, where he's basically a saint throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Funny enough, that actor would grow up to then play young Norman Bates. Which, honestly, the movie is bad, but that kid was one of the best parts. The kid is actually a really good actor, I feel like, especially uh, in his childhood. Uh, and we're talking about the Charlie one? Yes, the, the kid from Charlie. I'm going to say the set pieces overdo everybody else. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, but also, Willy Wonka also is one of those rare ones where it was like an old family film. That just has a very disturbing part just to be scary, which is the tunnel scene. And him just like, there's no way of knowing. (laughs) That that is creepy as hell. And I think it was, you know, intended to be not creepy. That's what probably is creepy about it because. Actually, (laughs) you know, I think I actually think it was because I think it was supposed to set up the kids and the adults to be like, oh, you're not just entering you know, a fun place. This is like kind of the world. Yeah, this is basically hell. <laughs> yeah. This this little part is hell, basically. Like, and if you can get through this, you can then go enjoy the happiness. Uh, but Gene Wilder's amazing in it. In fact, I saw, I watched a video where he actually was given the number one ranking spot on character introductions in film history with this role. Well, yeah, Which I mean, I think fits. <laughs> I, I could definitely it, see that. Yeah. And, and again, kind of going back to the set design and stuff like that, that was all great. The only thing set wise that doesn't really work as much is the Chocolate River because it's far too watery. <laughs> yeah, it just looks like runoff sewage. <laughs> yeah, it's basically what it is. That's the one thing I'll definitely say the Charlie one looks better at. But yeah, but that was CGI, though. So, you know. But also the thing that puts this over is I got to then see this on the big screen. 
I got to see a double feature of this and Blazing Saddles. Oh, man. Awesome. So the great Gene Wilder, rest in peace. I love Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I don't care if it's far different from the book because it captures the spirit of the book, and that's all that really, really matters. Exactly. Uh, So what I'm going to do with my first pick, because if I remember you – briefly mentioning to me about your animation picks. Yes. I'm going to do uh, some runner-ups, and I'm going to bring up my one that I'm going to bring up as much as I rewatched them. Okay. So I would easily say Aladdin, okay. Beauty and the Beast, Dumbo, Lion King, the first Toy Story, and even Land Before Time. I watched all those a lot growing up, but the one I'm going to bring up that I watched Almost just as much of these, and I don't think it's talked about enough, and that's an American Tale. Yeah, American Tale is actually This is one that I really grew up with. I even played a computer game for this, where you were Fifle, and you were dodging the cats and stuff, and it was actually a pretty gruesome game, actually. It kind of terrified me sometimes. Uh, But just this underlying tale of immigrants coming from Moscow, Russia here and stuff, and it's just such a bleak looking most of the time film where you're like, God, this kid just can't catch a break. And just look, look over there. Your parents are right over there. Just turn around. And it, but that just drives you to care for this fivefold character so much. And when he finally does, it's just so satisfying. And it sticks with Don Bluth's uh, whole philosophy is that you could show a kid anything as long as there's a happy ending. I mean, uh, to be fair, (laughs) you look at his filmography, it stands by that. So, yeah, I'm going to say American Tale is one that I have definitely rewatched a whole lot. They're really, really, as far as that goes, the the only ones I could really, you know, that came off your list was Toy Story. And I mean, what was the last one that you had mentioned? Um, Lion King. Uh,. Because I Land heard before time. Land Before Time. Yeah, yeah. The, really, that Land Before Time, and that, that was really the only two because, I mean, Toy Story was just huge. Like, it was, it came out like, I'm pretty sure it came out in 95, if I'm not mistaken. So, like, it was a big thing. And mm-hmm. well, I, that, I, I that's of it. And that's why I didn't mention it, though, because we have talked about it. Yeah. And see, that's the thing with uh, that is I, you know, it was a big thing, like I said, and I didn't watch a lot of Disney movies. Like, I grew up with a lot of teenagers, so they were not watching Disney films. They were watching mostly horror films and stuff that, you know, stuff that teenagers watch. So I, I didn't really get my share of that till, honestly, sort of recently, but, like, I do know that I it was specifically Toy Story and Land Before Time I watched a lot of. Yeah, I... It, it's just a matter of circumstances because I definitely grew up with all the traditional Disney stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I just remember that there were these fil- other animated films that weren't Disney that for some reason still stuck in my head. Yeah, and, and everybody went, thinks that they are Disney. Like, is that, is that what yeah. you mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not until you actually then watch the film that you're like, oh, no, wait, this this actually isn't because it actually gets way darker than some Disney films. Well, you have films like All Dogs Go to Heaven. That's another one that I watched that was, you know, 
I watched a lot, and I, for the longest time, thought that was Disney. And then uh, up until recently, you said, no, that's not Disney. <laughs> no, and, that's, that's, a, that's a Dom Booth production. But, uh, uh, and, but his stuff also, I've, yeah, he has a few dings in his filmography, I'll admit. But yeah. it's ones that I'm like, you know, Disney makes ones that are, you know, you know certainly rewatchable and stuff. But I feel like the ones that are good from Don Bluth are so good they can change a person. Yeah. So that's that's why I'm gonna bring up American Tale. Uh Damon, your next one. Okay, so since we're we're on the topic of animated, I'm actually gonna change okay. mine up and actually give a Disney film that I watched a lot as a child for mine. Frozen. I- <laughs> <laughs> Close. You you cannot tell uh, me you've not watched that several times. Oh, I've watched it about a million times with my sister. So I've seen my share of Frozen, and it's not awful, but if I don't have to watch it again, I'm going to be a happy, happy person. But anyhow. Still better than the second one. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I was going to pick one that I know you're not a fan of, which is Osmosis Jones, but it's, again, something that I watched a lot growing up, like all the time. Yeah, and I'm actually gonna choose Treasure Planet. Okay, that is one I'm very, very still new to. I've still have only seen it once, so please take away. I, I watched it a lot, and I mean, because I've explained to you about you know I didn't have a whole lot of VCR tapes growing up. Well, that was one of them, and mm-hmm. I watched it till. It ran out. Like I loved this film because it's it has a great story. It's it's just fun. There's action and there's good comedy. The acting is fantastic, and it's just an overall. It's a it's a good film to watch, and it really got overshadowed by some of the other films that came out that year. And it's very unfortunate for it. Yeah, uh, like like how I just briefly mentioned. I didn't even come around to Treasure Planet until maybe a year and a half or so ago. Because, yeah. uh, like how you mentioned a little bit, this was this was not really advertised well. Disney didn't really know what they had. It barely made its budget back. I don't even think it did. It may be actually a flop. Yeah, and uh, and it's unfortunate because again, it's a fantastic film, and it just kind of it came out at a weird time, and mm-hmm. it kind of. And uh, I actually I do have one more um, like a little side note with it too. Um, okay. And that is actually a Bug's Life. That's another one that yeah. I remember watching a ton. Yeah, I, I I watched that a good amount of times, but I also then ended up watching Ants a lot. Yeah. And I and I actually just prefer Ants. I say the comedy is funnier a- with Ants, but. I didn't. I never watched that. I, I've I've seen it now, yeah. but I, I never watched it so much as a kid. Whereas Bugs Life, I had a copy of. So I, yeah. <laughs> I actually saw Ants in the theater, so that's how much of an impact it's actually oh. been for me. Uh, but yeah, kind kind of just going back. Uh, Disney, if there's ever something that can be a live action remake, do Treasure Planet. It's meant for it. Oh, that would be beautiful. Uh. I think my next one, I'm going to 
do something where I wrote down two that I have watched a whole lot that, in fact, came out the year I was born, 1989. And an obvious choice could be Batman. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. But, but how much have I talked about Batman and how much has been Batman talked about here on the show already? <laughs> so I'm going to go with what I actually could consider. Now, I have not seen every film that has come out, of course, in that year. So yeah. for me now, I am saying my personal pick for that best year film is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which is also, in my opinion, the best Indiana Jones movie. That's fair. Uh, I grew up watching this a ton. I thought the spectacle was great. I thought Harrison Ford was amazing. And then you have Sean Connery playing his dad. <laughs> and I I just thought they ha- they were amazing. I thought their chemistry with each other. I thought the comedy between them was really good. And then I was really shocked when I found out some people thought they had no chemistry. And I was just like, that was like the first duo that I was like, defending a whole lot i was like really why uh that also i think was the introduction to me of hating nazis which not that bad of a thing to grow up not liking yeah right uh but then that also was the second uh film that steven spielberg helped make that i watch uh and again it's just so iconic character the film is just amazing the practical effects are amazing and i just get in awe every time i watch it you uh i mean i out of all of them i'd have to say raiders is probably my favorite that's understandable but as far as it goes i uh I, I enjoy the film. I mean, it's been a, it's actually been quite a long time since I've seen really any of them, but yeah, I mean, from what I remember, I had such a good time watching them. They're, they're fun films. Like, who doesn't like mm-hmm. treasure hunting? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, well, Crystal Skull. Oh, well, that's fair. <laughs> uh, the only thing that, because uh, yeah, like you, I still really like Raiders. However. When I then discovered something about Raiders, I was like, oh, <laughs> I now look at this film in a whole new light. And it's kind of ruined a little bit now for me. And that's the thing about the actual character of Indy has no thing to the plot. Yeah, yeah. He either way with him or without him, the Nazis still find the tomb and they all die. Whereas there's really no story problem like that for Last Crusade. Yeah. And, and I just happened to have watched Last Crusade more times than Raiders. However, I did get to go watch Raiders uh, in a uh, bleh, sorry about that uh, a big screen actually in a park. Oh, so that was actually pretty nice. And my mom actually was there too, so she can vouch for it. Uh, but yeah, Raiders is my film of 1989 so far. Your next pick, Damon? Hmm. That's that's kind of a hard one because I, I'm trying to think of a good, like, I you know, I've, I've went two different places so far, but, you know, I think I'm really going to have to go with a movie that I've seen a billion times. And 
That is Austin Powers and the Spy Who Shagged Me. So the second one. Yes. Okay. Well, go on. <laughs> I, it's, it was one of those... The thing with that is, I, I've seen all three of them a bunch, but I'd say the first one was a good intro, and I think he really kind of got a, got a good you know feel of the character. But after that... Mm-hmm. And the set in the sequel, they knew that it was going to make money, so he kind of had a little more room to, you know, a little more room to kind of work with. And it mm-hmm. just it, it ups the ridiculous list. I mean, although I will still say Goldmember is more ridiculous, <laughs> but I really enjoy the second one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I. I did watch the Austin Powers movies a number of times. Uh, I watched them before I even ever watched a James Bond movie. <laughs> so, I, I, I mean, I, what does that say for me growing up then? Uh, and, yeah, I always kind of had a affinity for the second one the most. Uh, yeah, you touched on it briefly. I did like Goldmember when I first saw it. Now I don't like it as much. I mean, I, uh, I, for me, I can still watch it, but, I mean... To me, it's just kind yeah, of one it, of those. If it's on, I watch it, but it's not like something I'm actively going out and seeking, you know, trying yeah. to find it. I would say, though, that the thing that makes it the second one, especially for me, as far as like which ones are the best of that trilogy, yeah. I just think him and Heather Graham just seem to have better chemistry. Yeah. And, uh, it still even followed the ridiculousness. It also introduced us to Mini-Me, who's exactly. awesome. Uh, also, rest in peace, Fern Troyer. Uh, yeah, ridiculous spy parody films. Yeah, I could easily see why they can be memorable. It made its way into the pop culture eye, so. Yeah, it was just no. hilarious, too. I mean, movies really stick with me when they, they make me laugh enough for me to want to come back. So that, I mean, that usually says a lot. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to think for my next one, I'm going to go with a sci-fi future one. Okay. And this is kind of tough because I had a number of ones on my list. that. So the ones I'm going to briefly mention just because they get brought up a whole lot. Uh, obviously, Back to the Future. Star Wars... A New Hope, I watched that a whole lot. Um, Maybe the greatest action sci-fi of all time, Terminator 2. Uh, However, the one I'm going to go with that I will argue that is close to perfect, actually, is RoboCop, the original. Interesting. Uh, Mostly because this is probably the most watched rated R film that I found out about that I watched a lot as a kid. The first rated R movie I ever watched was Spawn, so... But I don't choose to really remember it that fondly now. (laughs) Uh, But RoboCop, I watched a whole lot, and it's really quotable. I really watched it again, and I saw all the commentary involved, and Peter Weller's actual acting in it I think is really really good and some people I know is kind of pass it off as just kind of cheesy and stuff and I'm like this took it seriously what are you talking about and 
more importantly, this is kind of a future we could see actually happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the ballsiness of it. Well, not to mention the guy that gets shot in the balls. Uh, it didn't hold back on the violence, too. There's only one part that you can make an argument where it's like very fake looking, and that's when the guy falls out the window. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe a millisecond. Uh, but I just think the acting, the commentary, the <laughs> sheer violence of it, and then when they when they continued on, it just got worse and worse. And then when they did the PG thirteen remake, I was just like, "What?" Yeah, I mean, so yeah. Uh, so, what are your thoughts on RoboCop the original? Uh, the original RoboCop, I mean. It's been so long since I've actually seen it. Mm-hmm. I think it would be hard to give a you know a good, Affair. yeah, like because I remember it. And I, like it's not something that I was like, oh, I hate this. Like I I thoroughly remember enjoying it at least a little bit. But I think that if you go back and you watch it, you're gonna love it. Yeah, and see that's the thing. Like it's been a while since I've like I said since I've seen it. So. Yeah. I would love to rewatch it and maybe give it that fair shake. I know it probably deserves. Mm-hmm. So let, then let's just go ahead and move on to what your next one. Uh my next one is has to be I I would say that a good way to start is Tommy Boy. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I did watch this a lot. Tommy Boy started it's probably one, probably the most quoted film I can think of, but definitely in comedies, it's probably my number one of favorite comedy movies. Mm-hmm. And I mean that's saying a lot because I've seen a lot of comedies, and it's just the 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 amazingness of Chris Farley. He just he steals the show. Him and David Spade are just made to work together, and yeah. it's you know it's so unfortunate with his passing that, you know, it was just, it was ridiculous because he could have been, you know, still going strong. I feel like, I mean, I've watched all his movies and I don't think there's a one of them where I can sit and I'm just like, ah, this is awful. Like I really just, every time he's on screen, I just feel joy because he just, well, he's great. Yeah. Uh, now, now are you saying like the ones that he was like, top billing yes where he was like you're qualified where it was his film like because he made references and other stuff and i wouldn't consider it a chris farley no movie. i'm talking about like straight up this is chris farley like yeah now now of course the biggest criticisms that came after that was then when he did black sheep because then every, every critic was like well they were just doing tommy boy all over again yeah i don't think so honestly black sheep was a different story. I mean, I get what the I get. I can get the criticism, I guess. But I mean, still, that's another one that I could just watch and watch and watch, just be rolling. Yeah, uh, and I mean, like you said, again, <laughs> seems like we're just going to bring up ones where there's somebody that's dead that we. Yeah, this is like been like watching. the third one in a row that I brought. Like all of my picks, pretty much, have been people that have died, like. Great. Uh, but 
yeah, Chris Farley, again, was just one of those ones that just wanted to bring joy and laughter to everybody. Of course, then hiding the seeding darkness that was going on with him, actually. Uh-huh. Uh, but, gosh, Tommy Boy is just so quotable. Uh, I don't know how many times that we don't quote something just from Farley. So, obviously, we should bring him up because we have watched him a whole lot. Uh, I would say I I would give Tommy Boy as far as like you know putting them against each other an edge because it does do a little bit less uh like corny slapstick stuff. Even though it's funny in Black Sheep, I think that they kind of did like the stuff like when he's like on the desk and he puts it on fire. Yeah, that's outrageous, but it's still on a smaller scale. Well, and see, and I, I would consider, I like this is a, an opinion for me. I would consider probably mm-hmm. Tommy Boy one of, if not the greatest comedy film of all time. There's so much in it, and that that it's just too much not to like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just would say that a couple of the side people in it are kind of too one-dimensional uh like the villain and yeah stuff. yeah but you you feel for tommy throughout this entire thing and you want him to succeed whenever and when he's brought down by the death of his father in the beginning that's very emotional to hit more, more so now because that's the same thing that he heard at his funeral <laughs> So that's just what I kind of keep thinking every time I watch yeah. it. And this, di- and this did just get a special anniversary Steelbook edition released, so plug there. <laughs> go go buy the Steelbook and watch the film, everybody. Uh, yeah, no, pretty good choice there. Uh, I was trying to break this down on my list just because there's – oh, I wrote down too many. Uh but I'm going to go with one that I – the only one that I noticed on my list that I wrote down that had one thing, and that was my most rewatched Nicolas Cage oh movie. Oh, my. <laughs> Growing up, and that I still watch it today, and that's Face Off. You know what? Fair. Fair. I it just adored this because I knew that it was stupid action even as a kid. And I actually found the characters kind of compelling sometimes. Uh, yeah, it's I noticed some two ridiculous things like the obvious stunt doubles sometimes. <laughs> uh, the doves everywhere because it's a John Woo film. But you have Nicolas Cage and John Travolta and they have to act like the other person turned up to especially for John Travolta he has to turn it up to Nicolas Cage level and honestly and that's it's, I feel like would be a hard way to go <laughs> yeah uh, and this is just one that again has been having a longer impact like people will watch it and go hey there's some ridiculous stuff in here there are some plot elements that are maybe not holding up but I'm enjoying the ride <laughs> And as far as like some other Nicolas Cage movies, 
this one is like actually up there as far as like straight up action stuff, especially when it's a ridiculous action. Oh yeah, no, and the thing with Face Off is, it sort of is a ridiculous movie. I mean, you have two probably, probably the two most ridiculous people in Hollywood going together mm-hmm. in a film, and so you already know it's going to be like just nuts. And <laughs> I just I, I don't know like there's so much weird stuff to say about the film because it is it's a really weird freaking film but yeah it is. I mean I want to take his face does it oh. change the fact that it is still a actually pretty solid film altogether oh if you ever want to sit down and watch it and poke at the flaws and stuff and I'm like go ahead but if you're not, if you're laughing and stuff and having a good time, that's all exactly. this wants. So that's what I appreciate most. Now, is this Nicolas Cage's best performance? No. Is it his technical best film? No. But as far as when I've been alive to now, I have watched this one maybe the most. Oh yeah. So I think that's saying something. Uh, what's my, your next, my next one? one actually- a, uh, I, I wouldn't consider you know quote unquote horror, but it's still a film that I know that you love too, and that is Silence of the Lambs. Yes, I do. This film, to me, is probably one of my favorite, like I said, quote unquote horror films of all time. I, again, going back with Tommy Boy, you know, as being my favorite comedy. Well, this is in line with my favorite horror because I absolutely, I've seen it, like, I've probably seen it at least probably 40 times, I would say. Because it is just a film I can keep coming back to. Anthony Hopkins is so dark and brooding, but he's still so brilliant, and you want to watch him. And the the villain in that, the villain is just awesome. Buffalo Bill is like... I think he's actually more he terrifying. Is. He's a dark character, and he's, he is. He's truly scary because he just, he's just so intimidating as a character. Mm-hmm. And the guy, I, I don't, I'm not for sure the guy who played him, but he knocked yeah. it out of the park. He really did. Mm-hmm. And it is just, it's one of those films, like I said, I just, I see myself, if I see it on like Netflix or something, I'm usually just like, and if I'm bored, like this is this is how I'm justifying my answers. Movies that I can see when I'm bored and I watch it, and I'm like, I got to watch that film. And yeah, it fits. Yeah, this was again because how I've mentioned before with me and the genre, I came into this one later in life, uh, and again the way that this passed for getting critical receptions is that oh you cannot just say it's horror it's a thriller i'm like okay and that's basically one reason why it swept the oscars it's the only technical horror film that swept at oscars anthony hopkins winning best you know actor considering how much he's actually in the film which is yeah and that's not a whole lot like it really is and and that it won, I'm pretty sure it did actually win Best Picture that year. Uh, um, but Jodie, Fo- Jodie Foster, I think, is still underrated as far as talking about this film. I think that she's absolutely uh-huh. amazing. 
and that part in the dark when he has the night vision goggles and is like right behind her and stuff that gave me chills and still does uh now i will say this also couldn't really qualify for me because i don't go back to it a whole lot uh that's kind of like the problem like for exorcists and stuff like that although now i've been going back okay to so here's a little a fun fact about silence of the lambs the film won the Big Five Academy Awards. Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress, and Best Adapted Screenplay. Making it the only only the third film in history to accomplish the feat. Yeah. And that's technically yeah. a horror film that did it. And yet, it hasn't taken until, what, Get Out? To really yeah. get the praise that and respect that they get? Uh... But, yeah, this is – also, I did notice it because uh, my mom and I recently also rewatched Hitchcock starring – Fantastic. And there was a little – and they there's a little bit of a Silence of the Lambs quote in there when he says, circling the lambs. I was like, oh, you didn't. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Uh, just overall great cinematography, great overall. I do feel like I should probably try to rewatch it a little bit more, but gosh, I have so much horror stuff that I'm trying to watch now. Oh, yeah, and I, I, there's a lot that I missed out uh, on, for sure, in horror, uh-huh. but, but that's, again, just one of them that just keeps sparking my interest, even though I've seen it, you know, tons. Mm-hmm. Um... Gosh, I'm going to actually now go with a film that I may, maybe the two I'm just going to throw out here right now, then I'm going to go to the one that I really would say. Uh, So one that I definitely watched a whole lot as a kid and still do. That's Home Alone, the original. Uh, But the one I'm actually going to go with, I actually think I have maybe watched this the most out of all of my films and that's city slickers okay the film that i then had to basically demolish and beat (laughs) in the foul play episode uh this was one that i watched so much with my dad growing up it was like there was one night where i think we watched it three times in one day that's because of how much enjoyment we got out of it um again looking back on it and watching it again when you get older you start to understand Billy Crystal's yeah, character yeah. a bit more then you actually also realize Jake Gyllenhaal is in this movie yeah. <laughs> he's his son you know, like it's literally been uh, since I've seen City Slickers like it's been a long time and like how I because I had to make this a negative but the ensemble is just great and memorable. Uh, the main three guys, Billy with everybody else is good. You have Curly, who's like the old geezer that basically helps them with throughout life, yeah. thinking about it towards the end of life. But just everybody is so memorable because they either have dialogue that's quotable, hot brown <laughs> and plenty of it. Uh or you have the other father and son in the, the yeehaw See, scene. that's the thing. Like, I've seen that movie like once. So, 
<laughs> Gosh. So the scale of this is like me all the way up like six feet Nothing. and you're like at yeah. one inch. <laughs> uh, that's like the only visual I can try to give right now. Uh, but also I then found out because again, I didn't remember this, but according to my mom, I never called this city slickers as a kid because of course, why would I say city slickers yeah. as a kid? I called it cowboy because they look like cowboys. That's why I called it that. Um, so yeah, I, it really hurt me a whole lot in that foul play where I had to just beat this one down to get a point. So now I feel redeemed. <laughs> And that I can go on living. <laughs> uh, your next one? Um, I have to say, my next one is actually Adam Sandler film. I know, right? And that okay. is the Everlove actually Billy Madison. Yeah. I mean, one of maybe top three, I would have said. <laughs> But go ahead, why, uh, Billy? I, it's just one of those films that I, I watch so much, so so much, and it I, I just I absolutely loved it though. Like it, it's just the, the comedy's in it, like the the comedy's there, and this is Adam Sandler in his like prime, like he is he's funny, he's witty, and like yeah. he he gives good comedy in this. Like that's the thing, he's he's actually yeah, it's not, good. It's not, it's not, we don't a whole lot now like yeah nowadays it's not so much but like now like then like he was he was killing like in the 90s he was killing it and this was like i think this was his like all-star film like if i had to choose this is his all-star film yeah uh there could definitely be a case for that because then you know you also got ones like uh, Happy Gilmore. Uh, I would say one that I think is getting talked about that I've gone back to and I've thought about it a whole lot that I really, really like. Yeah, that Wedding is another Singer. one that is actually... That 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 also is the one probably I would say probably has the best soundtrack because <laughs> it's that 80s yeah. vibe. Uh, but yeah, Bill, Billy is one that it was always tough because it was always like compared with happy, like, which do you like more for a long time? I did say I liked Billy because I kind of liked some of the juvenile humor. Uh, but I, looking back on it, I think there are just so many serious performances that are trying to then that come off as comic. That's what kind of helps it, you know, sustain a bit more. Yeah. Like when the guy tells, his long monologue like nothing you said answered the question and everybody that oh, heard yeah I thought he's I, I, I absolutely love it like, everyone here is actually a simple no would have been fine <laughs> like uh, yeah um, also uh, Bridget who plays his teacher oh yeah Whew. yeah Maybe that started my whole hot for teacher thing. <laughs> Did I just let that go? Yeah, okay. no. Uh, th- this is kind of hard now. Uh, I'm going to, because 
two that I recognized on my list that have something in common. Uh, and one got brought up in an earlier episode. Yeah. And that's planes, trains, and automobiles. I'm not going to dig at that at all. That's It's amazing. Uh, but the one that I also wrote down that I watched a whole lot that has Steve Martin, and that's Parenthood. Have you seen Parenthood? Have you seen uh, I actually have. And again, it's once. Yeah, uh, I watched this actually a whole lot, and looking back on it, when you get older, you just see that this is just a capsule of watching life, pretty much, because it's just this giant family. Not one person in here is like the same as like another. They're a very different personality. So you get like how they would always like kind of be at each other's yeah. throats a lot too. Uh, but then they still always come together for each other. Uh, but I think this maybe was the first Steve Martin film I ever watched. And I think he's terrific in it. Uh, all the acting aside, I could not even tell you the cast in this because it's just a bunch of names that are big. A uh, very, very young Keanu Reeves in this <laughs> before the whole whoa yeah. and Bill and Ted. Uh, and it just has so many actual real life lessons in this yeah. too. Like how the old woman tells Martin how life is a roller coaster. It's up and down, up and down. Uh, and some people could say that it's a little bit too melodramatic maybe sometimes that it's pulling too hard on the, your strings to get you to cry. I still feel like they're very natural and I still move with the emotions yeah. and it still gets me every time. So that's why I, I would put this maybe towards the top of that year and Steve Martin performances. That's fair. So Parenthood. Uh, what uh, is your next that, one? I, I, we have kind of different different scene opinions about, but it's something that I know that you still enjoy, and that is okay. uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Two: Secret of the Use. Okay, interesting. We can just kind of roll this in because I also had written on here the first Ninja yeah, Turtles. Yeah, for me, two was just. I, I don't know. Two was something that I originally owned as a kid, so I watched it a lot. It was no, and so I, I watched it as much as I could mm-hmm. because it was one of the few tapes I had, and I loved it. I fell in love with it. It's just it's so silly, it's so goofy, and it, it's just level. And I love the turtles in general. Like you know, I was a big fan of the animated turtles, but this worked. Like, for me, this one worked. Yes, the first one is really good. The first one's actually, like, a legit movie. But I feel like they, when they wanted the second one, they were like, you know what we're going to do? Nothing. (laughs) We're going to just make a film about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and it's going to be goofy. And we're going to make the Shredder, and you know who's going to be in the Shredder? (laughs) A big wrestler. (laughs) Like, you you know what we're going to, and you know what we're going to have? Vanilla Ice. He's going to be showing up. Totally right. a when you, when you think of a totally improvised song on the fly. Hey, 
Ninja Turtles. <laughs> That's what comes to mind. Like, it's so ridiculous, but I do love the villains in it. Tokar mm-hmm. and Razar are some of the coolest characters, I think, mm-hmm. just created. Like, they're so cool looking. Well, to kind of combat that, because, yes, I did watch the second one a whole lot. I did have that on VHS. But you know what? I also had a whole lot of the first one. And which one that I have continuously watched and appreciated more as an adult? The first one. I I think that it's way more true to actually the comic that Eastman and Laird actually made. Yeah. Mostly because they actually had some sight over this one. And also, I just know that they dumbed this down and made it very too much kid-friendly in the second one. That's what they kept doing. Like, in the very beginning, when Michelangelo and them start fighting, (laughs) what does he use? Sausage links. Yeah, yeah, it's funny, but also at the same time, you're like, oh, wait, yeah, because we can't have him being with Nunchuck, because then kids will get them and hurt themselves. Well, news here, folks. Right. Uh, Dried up meat can hurt you, too. (laughs) I I actually just thought of this on the fly. Uh, So when I look back at ones that pretty much every Turtles, after the first one, I'm like, I don't really feel like really watching this again. The second one, I could maybe watch it another time, but I kind of would want to watch it with people. But I just see so many actual good and adult things in the first one that I'm just like, no, I'm going to watch the first one over and over. Also, yeah. young song, young Sam uh, Rockwell. Since, since we're uh, getting kind of down to the so, wire, yeah. um, there's actually a newer a film that I recently we rewatched. Mm-hmm. Um, well, first I'm going to give ones that I, I didn't get to mm-hmm. mention. You mentioned some of them, like Back to the Future, but the one that I, I don't remember if you mentioned it or not was Ghost, but the original Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. I feel like is one that I can watch over and over and over and over again yep. and love it still. But the newer the newer film that I've actually seen that I realized like this is a movie that I'm still going to be talking about years from now, and that is Snowpiercer. Yeah, it's I ridiculous, ridiculously, ridiculously it good. Really like, I it. mean, it generally is just a really good film, regardless. But like, exactly. That's I am now just curious odd. about how the like, show is going to be. But the thing is, they can translate it good. It could be a fantastic show too. But yeah. Uh. I'm going to throw my last one out here. I'm going to name off some honorable ones first. Uh, of a yeah. recent one that I've watched several times, Chef. Uh, Hook, I watched yeah. a whole lot. Jurassic Park. Uh, maybe this is the most rewatched film I've watched in the last five or so years. Yeah. And it's pretty recent. Mad Max Free Road. Uh, one that I really liked as a kid and I have much more of appreciation for as far as yeah. action movies, especially now, 
That's Mask of Zorro. Uh, one that I watched a whole lot as a kid and still love yeah. it. And it's a great parody on superhero movies. Mystery Men. Uh, Predator. Another un- completely underappreciated yeah. and now almost perfect action movie. Uh, to kind of okay. keep on the Gene Wilder train, Young Frankenstein. And maybe my fa- the one that I watched yeah. the most with Jim Carrey, that's Ace Ventura. But the one that is somewhat recent yeah. that I have watched and, it so know, many times is Hot Fuzz. Yeah. I well, Simon Pegg just love this movie. So I thought, yeah, I thought that after I watched Shaun of the Dead, that there was going to be no other one in the filmography that I was going to watch. Oh yeah, I watched Hot Fuzz. No, Hot Fuzz maybe has surpassed it. Really good. It's hilarious, and you know, I mean, it's hard not to it's enjoy it. Well. And it's so funny how it's such a ridiculous plot, but it also focuses actually on the smaller things that like actual cops have actually come out and said that they appreciate the film for, which is the paperwork. They're like, this is actually like a giant portion of the job. We don't actually have shootouts all the time. So that's very nice for them to get their approval. I also love the editing and the fast and the proficiency of it. And again, the chemistry with everybody Mm -hmm. is great. Some of them have gone on to win awards too. So, uh, I, and it's always, it was always hard because I love the Cornell trilogy. I love Shaun of the Dead. It's probably in my top three zombie movies. Uh, At World's End, I think is really underrated as far as the script writing. But as far as rewatchability, that's, that's a good choice. I'm gonna that's say hot one fuzz of them is the that is an, another recent so. one. You know, I that I I too have watched a ton of. Because it's also just an easier one to just pop on. Like oh, I'll just have this on, and I'll feel better about myself. Yeah, because <laughs> you'll laugh and you'll just have a good time. Oh, yeah. Also, again, quotable as hell. The greater good. Well, I a good... I really like... I don't know. How about a where, point? Um, with the girl, uh, where they finally are kind of making the jokes together, and where she hits the girl in the head or whatever, and she's like, you can't beat a little girl-on-girl action. And I lost it. Like... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, this probably, I think, is actually my favorite Nick Frost and Simon Pegg as far as a duo. Just because one's kind of like that blummering kind of. Yeah, exactly. I'm just going with whatever, you know, the town and my dad. Uh, however, he's not dumb enough to then realize, no, this is the wrong thing they're doing. <laughs> Uh, and Simon is so, you know, doing things by the book. And he realized maybe a little too straight. Much. Uh, but he, 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 he does loosen up. It's just that he just then becomes like, 
this is so outrageous. How am I supposed to prove this? Exactly. Oh no, I have to go outrageous in order to prove everything. <laughs> I have to do this, you know, shootout stuff and everything. And then just there's a bunch of side people in it that are just cameos of like, hey, that guy was in Harry Potter. Oh, hey, that guy was in that. Oh, hey, uh, just full of that. Uh, so yeah, Hot Fuzz, maybe the most rewatched movie in the past 10 years or so for me, as far as how many times. Well, oh yeah, Damon, I hope you enjoyed this <laughs> second ever free range talking some, you know, movies that we just can watch over and over again. Uh, hopefully maybe we'll do some other stuff uh, again with how things are in the world and stuff, yeah. we will still have to continue doing stuff this way. Uh, also with the fact that yeah, we're going to have different work schedules still. <laughs> Need each other still a little bit less. Uh, but oh, yeah. uh, I just hope you're still doing good and any last and final uh, words actually, to not, not, the not listeners. Damon, a few words. <laughs> uh, well, uh, to everybody that has been listening, uh, I hope you subscribe and keep following us here on Crazy Poultry Inc. Podcast. Uh, if you also would like to be a supporter and help this channel out and help me out at all, you can certainly do that. I will really appreciate it. Uh, and also, you can then listen to the sponsors that are probably going to be appearing in the very beginning of this. But if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at GaioLoco89, Ian Novak on Facebook. And as <laughs> always, I don't give a shit about my Instagram. Uh, other than that, guys, I hope you've enjoyed this. We have hopefully entertained you in this Sweetness. <laughs> time of uncertainty. And hope you're all doing fine, being safe, and washing those damn hands. Uh, but other than that, of course. really fun to do this again, Damon. Uh, we'll oh, yeah, hopefully work out another to thing about. to talk about at some point. Uh, I am still eking through my collection of stuff that I need to watch, and after technical three films, I'm going to be starting my what I'm going to call oh, no. the Quad of the Dead, which is four movies that involve zombies that have dead oh, okay. in the title, but one of them is not land. So, uh, hopefully, I'll get to talk about that stuff, and I'll hopefully be working on another podcast actually about some future films that my mom oh, yeah. has finally seen. So, that should be fun. Uh, but until then, Mr. Gobbler. See see you guys next time. Bye bye. Please keep listening and be safe.